welcome back guys gals and non-binary pals to yet another rendition of the bitch report for those of you who may not know i am the exhausted aries with the buttery voice k and i am joined by your brister from another mister here to what assist you brandon paramore (laughs) Big Frida should have never, do you hear me? Never <laughs> said that in a video. <laughs> Ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a Brista. Oh, ooh, mine now. I thank you. Uh, anyway. Thank you, <laughs> So, yeah, we are back and better than ever, as usual. Um, we've got an interesting episode in store for you. But before we get to that, we always have to ask the question, how you all? You know... This week, I'm doing pretty good. Um, a lot of things have shifted around. Miss uh, Miss Mercury has finally left her retrograde. Thank God. Ooh, she was giving it to the dolls and to the girls and the children, honey, including me. Um, I start life coaching school this week on Thursday. Work. So, you know becoming official in her uh, ministry, if you will, of life coaching. So that's going fabulous. Um, And I kind of put, you know, my money where my mouth is this week and was really out here in these streets doing Miss Uber every day. I took only one day off, which was Thursday to hang with the bestie and uh, my roommate. And it was, it's been a good week. I really cannot complain. I have been giving myself grace and listening to the songs and the music that I need to listen to to get me through. But that's me. How you doing, Zobbing? How you doing? Um, 404, mood not found. <laughs> oh? No, I'm I'm in a bit of a weird place. Error. I'm in a bit of a weird place because um, it seems that my body is starting to rebel a bit against me with this job because while I mentally don't dislike it, and in fact... At times like it, my Spanish has be- has become better than it ever has been because of this job. Um, at the same time, as I am recording this, I am wearing a wrist brace because my left wrist is uh, upset at me and has been for the past couple days. Um, but on the other hand, after talking to some of the powers that be, it does seem like things are going to become a bit less strenuous with the job. Um... Yeah, there's a bit of a hiring push, which I am oh so 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 very happy to hear about. Um, and yeah, like before, I don't give too many details. I'm not gonna get caught lagging on Beyonce's internet. Uh, but yeah, there's been some changes happening. Some stuff is going good. Some stuff I still am a little questionable about. Also, for the dolls at home, if you hear any background noise. As always, we are recording remotely, and I live with people, so they may do they I. do know I'm recording, but there may be the occasional noise or talk or chuckle that you may hear in the background, or a train, because I live right by a train line. Uh, I'm here for it. But, yeah, I'm just trying to take each day one day at a time. Um, I recently finally got my uniform for work, so... I don't have to do laundry every other day. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Because, oh my God, I only had two shirts. <laughs> so. And um, I, I know them motherfuckers had to be, um, yeah, that's what we're going to say on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I'm, thankfully, I've got uniform now so I can, you know, look better while working i guess i don't know i'm just trying to somebody hey anybody if you enjoy the sound of my voice it is available for hire (laughs) (laughs) like i'm joking but i'm also serious because i'm i'm to the point i think me and you both need to either jump on the bob's burgers bandwagon or find someone who's starting a cartoon because if nothing else, I can manipulate my voice and mimic other voices and cartoons and stuff. And I think you can do the same. Mm-hmm. So we really need to get on that because yeah. they be 
physical labor is just not the game. It really isn't. But you know, we can talk about that off the air. We don't need to. We we, we don't need to give away all of our secrets on, on live on, on live on wax. Uh. <laughs> <clears throat> Trust me, she's not giving all these oral secrets away. <laughs> no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Anyway. But anyway, no. Overall, I'm better than the last couple of weeks because the last couple of weeks my depression had been kicking my ass up and down left right ba select and even start so <laughs> she said control all delete taskmaster ho <laughs> honestly like i finally pulled myself out of it and i'm gonna try to stay above it for as long as i can but i know that winter's raggedy ass is gonna make it a little more challenging than i'd like it to be but you know, we're girl. Get a get a light. Do you? Hear I me? have like, one. I, I'm. Oh yes, honey. My bestie got me one for Christmas, and when I tell you, it is the best thing to sit in front of. While I'm doing like my morning stretches. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, we're also making plans around the house. There, there's been a lot of changes here. Uh, my roommate and I have been uh, making a, a pointed effort to clean up and declutter, and like the living room is actually. It looks good enough to host company again. <laughs> Look at gold. Look at gold. So yeah, uh, things are looking up, and I'm gonna try to keep them looking up. We're actually planning on uh, having the holidays be more bombastic than they have been for the past two years that I've lived here, because we we want to start making better memories and not just neutral memories. Does that make sense? Amen to that. I'm here for that. So, yeah, like my last two sets of winter holidays were neutral, leaning towards negative, but that's because of my uh, kind of predetermined disposition towards them. But, you know, this year we're going to try to do something different. We're going to try to make it a bit do a bit more and not just let the day go by without doing anything about it. You know what I need from you just because I'm sitting here and it doesn't help that I'm slightly toasted is I need a rendition of Let It Snow by Boys to Men done by you. Uh, <laughs> like a seductive version in your living room. Ooh, not a seductive <laughs> version. Let it snow. See, <laughs> see, the funny thing is, is what I usually get is uh, is uh, the, the request for some thorough Ravenscroft. Really? You're a mean one. <laughs> Mr. Grin. Mr. Grin. <laughs> so funny funny ass story right mm-hmm. my collared boy is related to that person really yes huh. <laughs> small word go small figure word. but uh yeah that's about me that's what's been going on in my neck of the woods so i'm here for it I believe, unless you've got anything else to say to the dolls at home, we should let them take a quick break, get some tea, stretch, because this next section is, uh, it's, it's gonna be a doozy. Baby, get your forklift, because she about to be heavy, heavy. Mm-hmm. So yes, baby, get you some water, get you some tea, get you some weed, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, beautiful people. We hope you enjoyed that sultry little break in between. Because, baby, what we about to get into, honey, is um, <clears throat> some some shit. And we guess we should I go ahead and introduce the dolls to the topic? Uh, yes. Would you like to tell everybody what today's bitch report is on? Oh, baby, today's episode of the bitch report is family trauma, part one. Yeah, part one of question mark because <laughs> you know, black millennials. Yay. Yeah. Yay. So there's a little bit of a preface to this. Uh what kind of inspired this was an interaction that I had at work. Um, as y'all already know, I am not super forthcoming with details. So if something does slip out, y'all will more likely than not just hear silence because I can edit that out. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Come on, editing magic. (laughs) Yes. Um, So just as a preface, um, 
or rather what led up to us deciding to make this the topic was I had a bit of an interaction at work where I had a client that I needed to, you know, render my services to. <laughs> and Sounds like he was sleeping with him. <laughs> no, God, I had to no. render service. <laughs> but as I'm talking, it's it's the the household is a uh, a mom and older son, probably somewhere between twelve and fifteen, and a baby. And I'm talking to them about. Uh, you know, the previous results of the service, how everything had been going and, you know, letting them know, you know, or I rather asking, like, where have they seen uh, issues that I can try to take care of? And I'm at the way that I always do business and the way I always interact with people in general and especially with kids is that or at least with work, I ask everybody that is able to hold the conversation. You know, I've had interactions where, like, the parent is working in the back of the apartment and I'm going back and forth with, like, the uh, 10-year-old that is home from school at the time. And they know what's going on in the house and can relay it, relay it to me because the parent is in the back working. Um, so I'm used to just, you know, talking to everybody on a relatively equal level because my other thought is that while parents may do a lot, at the end of the day, they only have two eyes. They may not be able to see everything that goes on. So I ask, like... Hey, how's the issue been? What, you know, what have we had anyone else out here to try to take care of that for you? And the son starts to answer and the mom immediately snaps at him and tells him that this is a this is adult's business. You need to stay out of it. Go find something to do. Matter of fact, go wash your hands and go, you know, check on the baby. And I'm thankfully I was wearing a mask because Rona May's raggedy ass is still out here. Um even though everybody acting like she's not. Exactly. But I was wearing a mask, thankfully, so most of my expression behind that was hidden, um, and I was able to try to keep it away from my eyes, but it was just the way that she snapped at him, and my immediate thought was like, I wonder if that kid ever wonders if he is loved in that household. Because... That was a lot of the mentality and a lot of the thoughts that I had growing up, too, because I received a lot of the same, you know, being talked at, not talked to, being dictated to and not having a conversation with for the longest time. And it's created a bit of a strained, you know, relationship between me and my family as a whole, but especially my parents. Um yeah. It also didn't help that said kid also had a a name incredibly similar to my uh, birth name. So seeing a similar situation happen to somebody with a name really similar to mine and he was about the same shade of brown as I am and even had locks on top, shaved back and sides like I do now. So it was a weird third person point of view kind of thing yeah it hit home real close yeah and after finishing with that apartment i had to take a minute because my first thought is like lady you keep treating your kid like that he's gonna forget you exist in a nursing home and that's that's just the true tea like you know this and most of the people around me know this me and my mother don't have a relationship me and my mother no communicate the day I decided to go no communication with her is the day she died to me. So when she physically dies, there won't be as much pain because I've already buried her in my mind. Yeah, and I'm in a similar place with my younger brother after some shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all we're going to say about that? That was a yeah, whole situation, honey. That, that, that might get brought up in part two, or it might get a brief mention here. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's our show. We'll do what we want. <laughs> also, as a completely random side note, um, fall allergies are starting to attack me, so if I sound a little nasal and clogged up, that's why. Girl, same. Like, my ass has been kicked from here to Nova Scotia with these fall allergies that I'm over. Not Nova Scotia. <laughs> Nova Scotia, honey. Nova Scotia. Um... But yeah, this is, um, I, I guess I need to kind of preface with a lot of this of, I laugh a lot in place of emotional damage. I am someone who does not freely talk about emotional damage. And it's something 
my therapist has been getting on me about and <laughs> wanting me to work on. So this episode is going to be hard. Not because I don't feel comfortable talking about it. I'm an open book. I will, anybody can ask me anything and I will answer freely. But to come forward with all of this, especially considering my childhood was very yin and yang. The first part of my childhood was very much, I had a voice. I was able to speak and say things. And then um, that, you know, I'm not even going to be nice. That dipshit piece of no good shit low down dirty shit that is my little brother's sperm donor came into the picture and then my mother decided to change her tune of life and that's where me and her relationship fell apart and never came back together because hmm. up until that moment i had a voice my childhood it was very much so i could speak as much as i could like but then there was also that like little internal voice like i knew i was probably queer or different very early on in life and how I would see my family treat and handle other people around the way that were queer because y'all she grew up in red state Ohio let's talk about it okay so <laughs> I grew up in Cincinnati Ohio okay not and, Cincinnati <laughs> and they were very um Traditional blackity black from Miss Kentucky, honey. And queer was not a thing for them that they understood. Hell, oral sex was a thing they didn't understand. Like my grandmother, like I shit you not. My grandmother used to be like, that's why these women die. Cause men going down there, eating down there. Bitch, what? Girl, what? Girl, that's girl, a free yes. beer conditioner. What are you talking about? Girl, honey, when I tell you <laughs> that was what I grew up around. I grew up around, you know, people like, oh, I ain't sucking nothing. In. I wasn't born with it in my mouth. It ain't going in there. Like, when I tell you, them hoes just laid on their back and spread their legs, that's that's all that took place in that bedroom. And then they wonder why that man went off and cheated somewhere. Woo! But I digress. Woo! Chile, Argentina. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so that's what I grew up with, okay? And so I knew very early on she was different from the rest of the girls. And so I very much so learned to cloak myself and hide in plain sight and hid who I was. I, and it's still something I still struggle with to this day. I am very much so one of those people in public or if anyone else is around, the persona that is present is very different from the persona that is present when I'm by myself and no one else is around. And one of the things I'm learning and working on with myself and my therapist is to give my permission to myself to bring that person that's back there and present when no one else is around and bring them out to the front and let them be the ones to live this life versus all these different personas pretending to live life. If that makes sense. Oh, it when I <laughs> listen. <laughs> that, I drop a when, brick already? Look, part of, look, part of that is why me and my, my uh, younger brother don't speak. Cause I mean we can get into it for a hot second. Part of what was what what what, what split us apart was uh was him saying that he missed the old me and I'm just over here sitting with the knowledge of, yeah, the old me was sad and tired all the time and mostly tired all the time from pretending to not be sad all the time for you and everyone else's comfort. Boom. So what you miss is a myth. It doesn't exist. Yeah, what you miss doesn't exist. But yeah, and, like I said, the whole thing with him, we can get into it another uh, at, at at a later period of time, be it later in the episode or next time. I mean, it's still fresh and raw, so please take your time. But at no point will I be like, talk about it. Like, I mean, <laughs> preach, pastor, when you decide to like come forth and come forth raw as raw as possible. But I am never going to be like, oh, girl, let's dig and talk about it. I know the story when the doll, when you are ready for the dolls to know the story, trust and believe I will be right here to support and be here with all ears tuned in. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we we we're just kind of bringing all that up because my my thinking of just like bringing the conversation to light is the other or rather the the question, the other question that kind of plagued my mind after that interaction was do a lot of these parents, do they love their kids or do they just tolerate their kids? You know, how many of these parents weren't expecting to be parents and had some kind of, you know, background guilt existing that prevented them from, you know, uh, seeking adoption or abortion because they weren't ready for kids or anything like that. And now they've got 
what amounts to so much emotional baggage that they're trying to raise for so long you know how 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 does that play into the running thing of kicking kids out the second they turn 18 or right after they graduate high school you know how does that play into interactions with kids that have left the nest i mean if we really gonna get into it like let me let let mother go ahead and drop her theory on, on you and the dolls i firmly believe one one most people most of us are not planned let's go ahead and get that out the gate now most of us were not planned we were the result of either an emotional moment a good time a drunk time a high time or boredom and the sooner all of us get that through our head we will be a lot more okay with life we weren't planned they weren't be like they didn't sit down and be like okay i'm ovulating today and i really want a baby they no (laughs) why nobody doing that Somebody Not- got somebody had some shit happen to them and they was upset and dick was the thing that made them happy. They were bored and it was winter time and when you at home ain't nothing to do but watch TV and fuck. <laughs> it was somebody's <laughs> birthday. It was New Year's and somebody had a little too much to drink. Like, baby, don't don't think that your mom and daddy was planning you. You was a uh-oh baby. The pussy Not was good. Daddy came. Uh, that's why I said Not everybody. But nine times out of ten... Let's just be real. You was a mistake. You was the result of boredom, a good time, a birthday, New Year's Eve, or somebody was upset and somebody gave them some dick to make them better or somebody gave them some pussy to make them better. The sooner we wrap our heads around that, we will get a lot of other stuff kind of like pegged down. I feel like that's going to introduce a very interesting existential crisis to certain people that might be listening to this. Though, sorry, not just, sorry. Just, just putting that out there. <laughs> like... I I wouldn't say I feel like calling saying a mistake is a bit too strong. I would lean more towards unexpected, but not necessarily unwelcome. If you like, think of it like a you couple. Say, you say how you wish. I'm not nice, so I'm gonna call it for what it is. You we were mistakes. We were uh oh babies, and I'm totally fine with that. Ain't that don't hurt my feelings? I get it. If it hurts yours, tell you tell yourself whatever you need to. Not you, but like anybody listening. I'm not nice. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. We were some mistakes. It's okay. But that still, you know, plays into the question of, you know, how many of these parents love their kids and how many of these parents just tolerate them. And that interaction I had with that family felt like the mom just tolerated the older one. Because And I think that's probably the case. You know, and I... I don't know. I there's a part of me that does still want to be a parent, and I definitely want to be going through a lot more therapy before I do, because I want to make sure sh- I want to try to do the best that I can to not pass on any of the traumas that I received. Like I have no intention on raising my hand against my children because that is abuse. End of story. Facts. Ha- because hi, I have literal PTSD from that. I I, I I say while waving on a podcast because <laughs> <laughs> they can't see you, mama. <laughs> yeah, but no, I <laughs> I genuinely have been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder because of the physical and emotional abuse that I suffered growing up. And it to this day in my 30s, I still wonder if I was loved or if I was tolerated and told that I was loved. And I just, there's a part of me that wonder that, that sees like a lot of the things that I dealt with growing up and seeing that in a lot of my uh, racial contemporaries dealing with a lot of the same. And I just wonder what's it going to take for us to do better as parents. And I'm seeing, I am seeing, you know, more people my age as they become parents being a lot more intentional with their parenting, being a lot more quote unquote gentle parents, you know, starting to treat their kids like people that just got here and not pets or burdens or problems or accidents or anything, because whether or not somebody's existence on this plane of existence was intentional or accidental at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they are still here and they are still need they still need to learn how to function as a person. So a lot of the times me seeing parents like flip out on their kids 
and I'm just over here going, they just, they just got here. Why, why are you, you know, screaming at your kid to, the, to do this, that, and the third when they don't even know how to spell third, let alone do the <laughs> third thing that you're telling them to do? Like they just got here. You know, have some empathy. It... Have some, have some empathy. Have some patience. Have some kindness. Have some. I don't know. Like I said, I've got a lot of feelings and thoughts about parenting because of how I was parented growing up. But you were saying, Dwelling. So um, there's several things I want to get into with this. <laughs> One, kind of going back to, like, you know, the portion where you were, like, wondering if you were loved and, or tolerated. We don't, The here's the sad part. We don't, despite of how the conception happened, there's something that I think a lot of people don't really uh, like think about when it comes to parenting. One, depending on what age you have that baby, your life, your development kind of takes a screeching halt. So like my mom was 24 when she had me. So guess where my mother stopped mentally developing? 24, here's why, or at least this is my theory. And so far, so far, I have not been proven wrong on this theory. Okay, if, okay, okay, let's hear it, let's hear it. Here it goes, right? So you have this baby, right? Prior to, you know, the fun knocking boots, right? You now have found out you're pregnant. You have options, right? There's adoption, as you said. There's an abortion, as you said. And there's also having the child. So many people, their families are like, oh, you gonna have this baby because, you know, Christians. And don't necessarily believe in abortions or adoption, Right. Mm-hmm. So you have that. You have people, especially in the POC communities, there are countless number of people who go out looking for love as children because they feel the exact same way we feel as they don't necessarily feel they were loved and they were tolerated and they end up finding love in the wrong places and getting pregnant and the cycle repeats. Additionally, specific, specifically black people, we raise children the way our ancestors were treated by colonizers. Let that sink in for a second. <laughs> we say, raise our say children. It again. Say, say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> we raise our children the same way our ancestors, colonizers, treated them. We beat them. We yell at them. We instruct them. We tell them what to do. They're not to be seen and not heard. They are slaves to us. They are not our children. Mm. Ooh, y'all weren't ready for that one, was you? um so back to my original point the development kind of ceased so at 24 like mind you mind you let's really talk about this i'm 33 right at this time my mother's age i was nine years old i could not imagine having a nine-year-old child with where my mental health is right now trying to teach someone the world and how to navigate and baby she can barely make 15 cents on a good day if her mind is not where it needs to be I'm responsible for this next person's life while still trying to figure minds out. Mm-mm. Additionally, birth. Birth is traumatic. I don't care what nobody say. For a woman's body, like there are most, most women, and this is something that's not discussed, most women rip from V to A while having a child. So my body's ripped. I am having these contractions that are expelling this child out. The room smells like blood and shit. And depending if the father is present, I'm here by myself having this baby and being in this traumatic experience and all of this pain. Hmm. And then no one goes gets therapy after that. Like no one tells a mom, like you just had this baby. Now go get therapy and talk about what happened to your body. Go discuss that and understand that while that was a normal process, it was a lot. Yeah. And <clears throat> it's oh it is this is this is such a complicated thing because we can not just going from birth but also just some of the i and i and i know i realize i'm kind of all over the place um but i know it's gonna I be an talk- all over the place episode honey trust oh me. absolutely <laughs> um Nope, never mind. Train of thought completely left. I wanted to try to connect it to uh, mentioning wanting to talk about those J. Cole lyrics that I saw earlier, but um, nope, connection's gone. Missed the train. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> I mean, 
I know I wanted to make some reference to both of us being raised as um, assigned male individuals, um, despite or being raised as black uh, male assigned individuals, but also having a lot of emotional regulation that we needed to learn much later in life. Because as as black men, we at least well, let me rephrase for me specifically, because I don't know if the it was you know as prevalent for you as it was for me. Um, but for me specifically, I was a child that felt emotions but had to hide them because I was being told that, you know, I'm not supposed to do that, I'm not supposed to cry that much, you know, things of that nature. And just how toxic that cycle becomes for a lot of people that never really learn how to feel and express their emotions in a healthy way. And then people wonder why we have all of these issues with um, assault and crimes and dysregulation and dysfunction and stuff. And I'm like, because these people never learned how to feel. They were prohibited from being able to feel. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Remember how I said my world flipped? That was the flip. I was allowed mm-hmm. to cry, have my moments, whatever. My little brother's father came in the picture. Oh, stop all that crying. Boys ain't supposed to cry. And then my mother joined the bandwagon. And I was like, what? Wait a minute. I've always been able to cry. I've always been able to have my moment. What the fuck are we talking about? Mm-hmm. And so, mind you, r- being raised for 13 years, because he came around when I was 12, 13. Being raised for 12, 13 years, being able to express my emotions freely. And then all of a sudden oh, you need to stop that shit? And then my mother's right on the bandwagon? Who the mm-hmm. fuck? No. Nah, baby. These emotions about to be felt, heard, and discussed. <laughs> and processed and moved beyond. Yeah, and that that's where the walls started to form, and that's why it's kind of hard for those walls to come down now, because I had to build them so quickly and in the midst of my development versus you know, having those walls built early on or anything like that. Like it was jarring to have those walls have to be built at age 12. Yeah. And having to have survival techniques at that age too. Yeah. And I've always been the one, unfortunately I've been the emotional regulator for most of my family. My mother was a crybaby. My mother was very emotional and did not know how to control and handle her emotions, which isn't a bad thing. Have your emotions, feel them. I will never tell somebody to not do that. But don't do it and then like make it okay where your child is coming to you like, it's okay, mommy, I'll take care of you. That's That needs to stop in our communities, in the world. Your child should not be the one to regulate you. Oh, furthermore, have you did you watch Pose when it was on? I tried to watch Pose. I really did. But that, like, I forget if it was the first or the second episode, but one of the characters in, like, a very early episode was getting put out of his uh, parents' house, and that was a little bit too real for me, um, because I myself got put out for being queer. Um, So I, the show deserves all of its accolades, and I'm sure I'll be able to watch it at some point. But that scene was just way, way too visceral and way too real for me to be able to continue with it at the time. Okay. Well, then I won't give it all away. But there is a point in the last season, in season three, a parent, I won't say who's, a parent says, you were supposed to be this strong boy that that wasn't supposed to leave me because all of the other men in my life left me and you weren't supposed to. That's the type of shit that we cast onto our children. Because Jasmine on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, I think I think her handle is Jasmine Gardens. She made a video the other day and it was like, having children is selfish. To have children is selfish. It's not for the child. It's always for us as the parent. We either want to pass on something or we want to be parents, whatever the reason is. It's always a selfish reason. It's always for us. Not saying that it's wrong, not saying that it's bad to feel and not have the next generation, but understand that it's a selfish reason. You're not just like, oh, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to pick up some random child on the street and give them a better life. Most of the time people are like, I want to have my own genetic child. It's very selfish. 
And something else is not discussed a lot and is having, like, if you're the oldest, you don't really get much of a childhood if there's multiple children because you end up taking on the role of parent and helping out. Or you're told you can't do certain things because the, the younger ones are looking up to you. So well, there's a lot. that's loud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm like, there's, when this, that's why this is going to be multiple part episode because there's so much here like in the in the realm of being parents and children that just isn't discussed and talked about going back to my theory you've been through this traumatic experience of having this baby rip your body apart or having to go through a c-section and surgery and all of this you are still trying to figure out who you are as a person depending on when you had that child again my mom was 24 there are some people who have children at teenage years could you imagine being a teenager and that's where your mental stops developing? Because what does everybody and their mama say once you have a baby? Oh, well, now you know your life going to be all about the child. It's going to be all about the baby. And you then didn't let get the, the mom... chance to finish being a kid. Exactly. Then let the mother continue to live her life. Now she a bad mama. She a hoe. She a this, she a that because she ain't taking care of her child. Which is it? Like, Because at the end of the day, that person has to still continue to develop. That person has to still continue to learn the world. How are they going to teach somebody something that they don't know nothing about? How are you expected to literally raise the next generation and you yourself didn't get raised because your parents were shit or just as abusive or nasty and negative? Like, it's, the cycle just continues. Mm-hmm. And that's why for, I believe you in this category, but I don't want to tag nothing to you that you ain't claiming. But for me specifically, like being the generational curse breaker that's a heavy coat to carry depending on how many generational curses you got to break down. <laughs> ah, there's a reason why crown is my favorite song off of Kendrick's new album. See, I wasn't sure if me and you was on the same page. I felt we was because again, I tend to find other like witches, people who are like breaking the curses of families and generations and shit like that. That's, that's just my vibe. I tend to find those people and those are the people I tend to bring in my circle and in my realm. But that's a heavy cult to bear because you're literally unfucking yourself while understanding why you have all this anger towards your parent. Yeah. And it, it makes it even more complicated when you're the one trying to break or when you're the one trying to break the curses or break the patterns and everything. And you see those of your same generation or those close to you you know, cleaving to those patterns and going back to, you know, me and my younger brother, where we are absolutely, you know, opposites in that, in that, like, I openly, clearly and unambiguously say that there were lots of elements of my childhood that were objectively abusive. And during he and I's final conversation, he, you know, flat out yelled at me. It was like, no, it wasn't. I don't know why you keep trying to say that, that our whole life was abusive, blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, not all of it, but there were elements of it. You know, we were physically punished. We were beaten to the point that we had marks and stuff on us. We were belittled. We were cursed at. We had, you know, things rescinded from us that were a necessity for life, like getting sent to bed with no food. Yeah. You know, That's, you wouldn't. That you wouldn't, all stems to our colonizers. Okay, and and the thing is, and the thing is, is that. You wouldn't do that to an adult of your same standing. Why would you do that to a child that doesn't know any better? Because we cheat children as less than. They are beneath us. They they need us. Like, for some time, yes, they do. But we shouldn't... The, thing, the gag is, these are little people. We, mm -hmm. as adults, we are still that child. We have just grown up as far as age and have you know, either been destroyed by the world, broken by the world, or as us, again, the generational curse breakers, we're putting ourselves back together from being broken by the world and our family. But it's not easy. Like, we're literally, it's sitting here, like, pulling shards of glass out of a shag carpet and trying to glue it back to fuck together. Mm-hmm. And... And we're not perfect we, at it, but... Yeah. We're trying. <laughs> 
Yeah. My my thing my thing has always been, especially with dealing with kids, is that actually my thing has been to try to leave things better than when I found them. But my thing with involving with kids, especially if and when I do have my own, is maintaining the mentality of they just got here. A lot of the things that they're going to experience is going to be the um have a the suffix of est at the end of it. You know, this is the strongest I've ever been. This is the fastest I've ever been. This is the worst I've ever felt. This felt. This is the most pain I've ever felt. And while it might be something like a kid screaming their head off behind getting a paper cut, you know, had that been me growing up, I would have been told, stop crying. It's not that bad. Suck it up and deal with it. Blah, blah. Whereas if it's me as a parent coming across, you know, encountering a kid that that is screaming their head off about a paper cut i'm going to a help them try to deal with it and b try to talk them through it like hey i realize this is probably going to be probably one of the worst things you've ever felt let your you know get your cry out and then let's get some water so you don't dry out from all those tears let's get a band-aid let's get some neosporin and then let's talk about how to keep that from happening again because I realize that you just got here. You may not necessarily know how to avoid getting a paper cut, how to avoid skinning your knee while falling off a bike, how to avoid getting, you know, swiped at by a cat and recognizing when that cat's getting agitated with you, stuff like that. You know, yeah. you just got here. You're not going to know those things. And it's my responsibility as the parent and as the adult to give you better than what I had growing up, to give you more knowledge than what I had growing up so that way you can continue that cycle of being better for those who follow you. Amen. And can we please, this is, you know, I got to be on my soapbox for this one. Let me make this abundantly clear. POC parents, can we make it understood that you do not need to be the one to break your children? Trust and believe the world will do that enough. You don't need to be the motherfucker telling your child they can't do something or they need to stop a dream because your dreams got crushed or you did not have the balls, the gall, the nerve the big girl panties, big boy panties, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, to chase your dreams. Do not shit on your children or tell them they cannot do something because you were too afraid to. Do not. Or, that needs to be put to rest. Or worse, pushing them into something that they may not necessarily want to do. Like, I know she's not a POC, but my uh, the first example that comes to mind is Jeanette McCurdy. Please, do you know who that is offhand? Um, no, I'm a who. <laughs> okay, Jeanette McCurdy. Jeanette McCurdy um, was most uh, prominently known as uh, Sam something or other from iCarly. Oh. And Jeanette did not want to get into acting or anything, but her mom forced her into it. And her mom pushed this, that, and the third. And her mom was super abusive and super negative and super insulting and super all sorts of just bad shit to the point that the title of Jeanette's memoir is I'm Glad My Mom Died. I mean. And I wish more parents had that kind of a mentality when interacting with their kids, thinking, how is this going to impact my child in the future? How is talking to them like this going to impact my child in the future? Are they going to want, you know, is this going to be what's best for them going down the line? Or is this what's going to make me feel better in the moment because what I'm doing isn't working? Or living through them. Like, exactly. don't live through your children. Like, the amount of kids, like, I know there are some kids who just love sports. But I can't tell you the amount of dads I've seen because my little brother plays football. The amount of dads I've seen, oh, you knew you should have did that, blah, 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 blah. Baby, you not on the field. You too fat to be on the field. You got two bad knees and missing a toe. You ain't no football star and you should not be trying to live your football star dream through little Ronnie over here. Like, it's enough for me. Like, like, dude, dude, like, dude, calm down. That helmet is as big as that baby's entire chest. Right? Yeah, like, he, he going whichever way that motherfucking helmet go. This peewee football, bitch, like, Somebody make it make sense. Like pageant, the pageant moms, I don't get it. Bitch, you now, before I say these words, I am all about body positivity. Y'all know the girl. If y'all follow the page on Twitter and you go on my Twitter, trust me, you're gonna see a lot of naked meat. But bitch, you two tons of fun 
and yelling at your daughter to be in this leotard with Vaseline on her teeth? You put on a leotard and put Vaseline on your teeth and let's see what you do. I, I just, like I said, my, the way I, if, again, if and when I'm ever a parent, the way that I plan on parenting is at the end of the day, I want my kid to be happy. I want them to be healthy. I want them to trust me with anything and everything. And I want to be a refuge from this absolutely dog moldy dog shit world. Like I get, I I get, I get the mentality of the world isn't going to be nice. Yeah. The world isn't going to be nice. It is not nice. But having somewhere that you know is safe, having somewhere that you know you can fall back, I still feel like allows people the freedom to be able to do more because they know that they are able to fail without completely fucking their life up. Agreed. And they know they're going to get that support where they can come home or they can come back to. It's one of the reasons like I stand here as a mother father. I became what I needed as a child and what I did not have. That's what I became. I I make that a point, and I will. I hope that is put on my tombstone or whatever grave I'm in, because Lord knows she wants a natural death. Do not embalm me, but it is something that I stand here as 33 non-binary black queer. I became what I needed, what I wanted, and what I did not have. Hmm. And, and that's how I lead my family. That's why I'm here for everybody. That's why I give so much love and try to be that safe haven. And everybody knows like, if they're going through something, they can come to my house. And once they come through that door, this is a safe place. And even if somebody was chasing you, if you make it to my door and that person's still chasing you, they're going to have to deal with mama bear at the door. And that ain't going to be a pretty sight. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you and I absolutely uh, are in the, on the, of the same mind for. You know, I told my uh, protege, who shall remain nameless. <laughs> uh, protege, I love it. Mm-hmm. I told my protege that she can, if, if she needs somewhere where she can be her full authentic self, my apartment may not always be the cleanest. I may not have a whole bunch of extra food or anything, but I guarantee you that it is going to be an affirming space. It is going yeah. to be a space where your identity, your uh, your fullness as a person is as respected as you deserve. (laughs) Yeah. Not just respected, but even celebrated, you know, you know, she, she's going through some transitional stuff and brought some, you know, she wore quote unquote appropriate clothing to come here, but brought a small bag so that way she could change into something that she felt more herself in. And I was like, you look fantastic here. Make sure you pull this up so you don't trip over it. You know, get you, you know, feel it out. Feel how you feel. Tell me how you feel. You know, I'm I'm making a space for you to feel as safe as you can feel. Because that's the kind of space that I want to create both for myself and both for anybody who I trust enough to keep in my life. Absolutely. And I wish more people would kind of wise up to that. You know, one of the things I always say is, and even you said it last episode, it made me so proud. Go out into the world and be the change you wish to see. If you want to put it into what you experienced as a child or what you dealt with, change it. Like the amount of people, and you said this earlier, like TikTokers and stuff like that, that I see like, it. there'll be like a video of like some Caucasian child yelling, screaming, and then like, they'll like pretend like the phone has dropped and they'd be like oh oh if their child was black oh yeah you thought you was one of them and this that, and the other that's all the shit that our parents did to us that wasn't healthy and the fact that y'all continue to let the stereotype live on the fact that y'all continue to let that type of abusive behavior live on live on and you think it's okay shows a your caliber b that you need therapy and c that if you ever have children they're gonna hate you and i'm not gonna feel bad that they hate you and if you write in a fucking nursing home by yourself ta-da bitch you did it to yourself. That picked up on my mic. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, excuse me. 
I guess should we give the dolls a break? Because Lord knows that we just wore ourselves out and probably. Yeah, yeah. And we honestly could keep going. So definitely look for a continuation of this topic. Um, if not next week, then in the coming weeks, because this is something that I feel like we can be that can honestly just be an ongoing discussion of growing up black and queer and how we would want to model parenting and interacting with kids in the future. But we're going to give the dolls at home a break um, in the form of a musical break. Um, This time we're going to have something a little more inspiring, if you will. Uh, This week we've got another track from Vesta's album Hydra. Uh, It's available on all streaming platforms. But uh, the track for this episode is called Living On. So, as always, get into it. Get your life. We're going to get some refreshments. You should do the same. And we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Welcome back, dolls. And uh, we have returned and had some refreshments and things and such, and are about to move on to our next session. Obsession, Lord Jesus. Section. Segment. But uh, as a quick thing, Brandon Dwelling. Yes. So there was something I stated in the bitch report that I would like to mend. Thank you, Kay, for bringing it to my attention. So I stated women who have children is my part of my theory and I need to adjust that because it's not just women who have children. Anyone that has the ability to have and carry a child is what that theory needs to be adjusted to. So I do want to apologize for that. I do want to correct that and we will continue to move forward in grace and light. Mm-hmm. And on that note, we are moving on <clears throat> To the part where us here at the Bitch Report love to ask the question, Is it me? Am I the drama? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just going to get progressively more ridiculous with that. Watch in like two weeks, I'm going to put like some effects on it and have it just be like a bad 80s music video or something. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, please. <laughs> Lord. Anyway. So. We know I support the foolishness, mm-hmm. right? We love having fun here. So, <clears throat> let me just get settled in. And everyone <laughs> and everyone buckle in. We've got So, is it me? Am I the drama for siding with my family against my gay cousin? 
As always, before I continue, this is read from the uh, 22-year-old femme person's point of view. My grandfather is dying. He has had multiple organ failures and has dementia as he is going towards the end of life. The doctors have told us that he has maybe a week or so left. My cousin H, who is 19, is gay. He wasn't particularly close to Granddad, despite living in the same house. Their relationship was mostly him asking Granddad for money or to drive him places. Granddad often expressed how he wished they were closer, but H didn't really care. One moment. These allergies are still kicking my ass. (laughs) But I'm not sick. Um... It's not Rona. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um... Anyway, H has come to realize that there won't be a chance to build a relationship with Granddad in the future, so he wants to come out to Granddad. The reality is, despite coming from a quote-unquote traditional Asian background, it was always clear to everyone that H was queer. It was never something that he had to come out about. Granddad is delirious, confused, and having hallucinations during his a few waking periods. He doesn't recognize most of the family, and even then only for a handful of minutes. H's parents, my parents, and my other uncle all told him that this is not the time to stress Granddad out by forcing a confrontation when he doesn't even know H anymore. H is furious and asked me to intervene. I refused because I do agree. Granddad didn't even know the language H wants to use when he was well, but now he doesn't even know H. Okay, we're going to pull over to the side here, um, because that I I, in preparing for this, I had to reread that sentence a bunch of times. Um, As I understand it, the granddad didn't even know the language H wants to use when he was well, but now he doesn't even know H. I'm assuming that to mean that granddad uh, spoke Asian language X. I don't know which one and I'm not going to assume because I have no idea but spoke that primarily, whereas H primarily spoke English. So I think that... That's how I took it. Right, but like I said, it took me like three or four read-throughs to fully comprehend that sentence, so... um, I think the part of he doesn't know H means the dementia has been so bad that he doesn't remember a lot of... Right, it went from a language barrier to now a cognitive barrier. Correct. Let's see, do-do-do-do... All a confrontation would do would be stressful and painful for both of them. H has accused me and the elders of being homophobic and said we are robbing him of precious moments. I don't think this is a matter of sexuality because honestly, I'm bi and when I told H, he said it doesn't count because I'm with a man, my now husband. I think he wants to make granddad's end of life about himself. It's not the first time he's done stuff like this. In my opinion, he's had two decades to make precious memories and didn't care to. Now he wants to be a huge part of the whole family's memory of Granddad's passing. He feels we are homophobic pieces of crap. Honestly, it's such a painful time, I don't know who's in the right. So, is it me? Am I the drama? This one's so complex. Now, oh, you you, you call it complex? <laughs> You're calling it complex? Baby! <laughs> because it's it's one of those things of like he's h is 19 correct Mm -hmm. so he's still developing he's still learning they're still developing they don't necessarily know and get all of it so they're in their feelings i get it right um i will say i feel like both parties are kind of the asshole here like H is the asshole for wanting to do this big production and I want to finally come out now girl you've had ample opportunity but at the same time there's nothing wrong if H wants to sit down and have that conversation with the grandfather and come out now should they make it a whole production and theatrical no but if you want to have that conversation in these last days so you can feel like you were your genuine self with this person before they passed on I support that. The family being like, oh, he's stressed out. Baby, if he is on his deathbed, the extra amount of stress that somebody come out is not going to make him croak any sooner. And if he does, it is the release of life he needed. Like, when you are at that stage of life, the freedom is the death. It's not, like, 
death is something that I don't know why we as people now make it so negative. Death is a freedom. You are leaving this realm behind and going to another one. We don't know exactly where, per se, because none of us have died and been able to come back and tell everybody else. But if we are spiritual and believe in spirituality, like there's another realm that's better without the pain, the drama, the responsibilities, the issues, the bullshit that we face on earth. Let him have his moment. Let him tell his grandfather he's gay as long as it's not no big production. And why are y'all, you know, being so assholeless about it at the end? Like it ain't y'all who need to get this off your chest. It's safe. But that's my thought. I, I feel like everybody asshole here. Let him have his moment. Be there, support, move on. I, on the other hand, am going to have to agree with the the uh, writer. It's, he's not going to, ha- he doesn't have a whole lot of time left. It's the, it's going to be up to the family to translate everything. Because there was that language barrier that I am 100% sure is still present in this case as the granddad is passing. And <clears throat> I don't know, like I get wanting to be able to tell them. I really do. I, on the other hand, feel like this is a case of girl. It's trying to pour water into a sieve at this point. Like you might, you might tell him now, but who is it for? Is it for you or is it for him? And I honestly feel like, Oh, see, that's the thing. It's probably for him. Is it for H or is it for H or is it for, you know, granddad? I really feel like it's for sure for H. H is doing this for whatever moment they're having in their head. They want to feel close. They want to feel truthful. They want to feel very forthcoming. And again, 19 still developing emotions, Mm -hmm. depending on how the family has been. Again, it's a POC family. So considering what we just talked about, we know emotions ain't, you know, necessarily something that's very floweth forward in POC families. Mm -hmm. So I can understand a 19-year-old being queer wanting to tell this person before they die so they can feel closer to them. It's absolutely for H, which isn't a bad thing. Right. Right? Like, you want to feel close to that person before they pass away. Now, if you're going to make it a big production, like, you want signs, lights, glitter bombs, like, okay, girl, no, she's on her deathbed. Like, we ain't got to do this. But if you want to sit and have that conversation and one person translate it really quickly, even though nine times out of ten... Grandpa, I ain't really going to get it. I don't see why anybody's standing in the way. Let this person have a moment and feel like they have got something off their chest because once that, person's die, that person dies and they didn't get that off their chest, guess who they going to hold that against? Right. Because they're still in the midst of developing. Right. And you're not, you're not wrong. I just, <clears throat> I feel like we might be missing a couple of uh, details here that might help uh, inform the situation a little bit more. Because True. they're calling it stressful. What if, you know, grandpa was more than a little bit of a homophobe <clears throat> and finding out that his grandson is queer would stress him out? You know, I that's I kind of wonder that I kind of wonder if the inverse is true, if it was that granddad was actually really supportive and gets upset that he is not in the frame of mind to be as supportive of his grandson as he wants to be. You know, I feel like there's there's more details here that I, that that would probably better inform my stance on this. But <clears throat> I'm kind of in the camp of if the opportunity comes up to tell him, do not lie, but don't try to force the issue. Correct. Yes. I don't know. This was a stalemate. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm not like, get it off your chest, boo. But, and the family should be supportive of that. But then, it, I don't know. Because I know people always be like, oh, they're gonna, you're going to make this person stressed. They are dying. The body is shutting down, mama. Like, what what more are y'all going to do besides, I don't know. I also view death very differently. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, this is honestly, and this is what I like about our interactions is that we kind of stand on opposite ends on this. The last few that we were both like, yeah, no, on usually either on the side of, or both against the writer of the post, this one, we're kind of on opposites and I'm here for it. Yeah. And I think that kind of speaks more Mm -hmm. to who we are as like our development, where we stand when we came together for this project. We understand we're going to be on different sides of the coin, and that's not a bad thing. 
That just means we see things differently and that's perfectly okay. And that's a lesson we're trying to teach the rest of the world through this production. It's okay to see things differently. As long as ain't nobody attacking somebody's rights, it is okay to be on two separate sides. Mm -hmm. And have different ideas of, you know, the best way to deal with something, the best way to approach something, the reasons for it, blah, blah, blah. Like there's, oh God, that old phrase, there's more than one way to skin a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mildred. (laughs) Trash. So, as always, kids, if you want to know if y'all the drama, is it you? Please send in your stories to thebitchreport to gmail.com. That is T H E B X T C H R E P O R T at gmail.com. Or you are more than welcome to send it to us on Facebook or the Twitters, okay? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yes, is there anything anything you want to say oh. to the dolls? <laughs> <laughs> Hate us. Not being on the same wavelength. Um <clears throat> well, you already know what I'm going to say. Uh drink water, take your meds, and go out and try to be the change you want to see in the world. Yes, honey. And uh, that is normally what I say as well, but my uh, lovely co-host said it better than I could with that buttery voice. So I am going to tell y'all, be fabulous, be great, and best believe your brista is here to assist you. Lord Jesus. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye.